Good afternoon and welcome to Treasures of the Heart. This is Pastor Luann, and um, I'm so glad that you are tuning in and you are joining me in this study on the book of Revelation. You know, I understand that there are a lot of things right now that are going on in the world. You know, the election is coming very close. You know, people are just kind of on all sides going a little crazy right now, pulling whatever they can pull out negative about the other person. It's just getting down to some real nitty gritty things. And at the same time, we know that the virus is increasing almost throughout the entire state of Ohio, as well as other states. There is this huge influx now of more people getting sick, uh, which, you know, sometimes can be you know, depressing. It can be discouraging. Uh, and I want to encourage you to be careful that the things of the world are not robbing you of the joy of your relationship with Jesus Christ, because the joy of the Lord is your strength. And as we move and continue to move into the book of Revelation, we're going to be looking at chapter 7. And, it, and for me, as I review this chapter with you, it reminds me at how much Jesus, the Lord God, Jesus, they all, the Holy Spirit, want every opportunity for people to have a, a chance to be saved, to have eternal life after death. And so, you know, we, we went through a pretty rough chapter six when the seals were broken all but one. And now we're entering into chapter seven. So, I mean, there was all of this kind of tumultuous uh, activity with the, the horses and the riders and the things that would be coming upon the earth. And now it's like we're what my Bible calls an interlude in chapter 7 of the book of Revelation. So I would like for you, if you will, just to um, turn with me to chapter 7 of the book of Revelation and uh, I'm going to, as I read through it, just share the things that, you know, I kind of unpack things that have come in, came to my mind as I was reading this. Um, but it does calm down a little bit before we get to chapter eight. And I don't even want to take you there right now. So I want you to try to uh, see where we go next in chapter seven. So let's begin verse one. And again, this is John, right, on the island of Patmos. He's still in this vision that, that the Lord is giving him about the end times, about the day of the Lord, about when God pours out his wrath upon the earth, a, a final time, right? And so we're in chapter 7 as we move along. And John writes, After this, I saw four angels standing at the four corners of the earth. Now, that's kind of looking at your compass you know, when we have the north, the south, east, the west. Um, so it's those four corners of, of the world, right? And so there's four angels standing at the four corners of the earth, holding back the four winds of the earth so that no wind should blow on the earth or on the sea or on any tree. Now, we're going to stop there for just a moment, just in that verse one, because, you know, I, I want to take you back to whenever Moses was leading 
God's people, the Israelites, you know, out of Egypt. And they had to pass through the Red Sea, correct? And so, you know, there's been a lot of controversy about, you know, did that really happen? Did God really part the waters? And they and the waters held back, right? The waters were held back. And over a million people, right, at that time went through, you know, as Moses held up the rod, went through on dry land to the other side. But when Pharaoh and his chariots and horsemen, you know, and men, when they came to, to ride down to go and to get them, you know, then the waters came back over them and, you know, they drowned, of course, but God's people made it to the other side. And they said, you know, how did that happen? Well, perhaps reading this, you can see that God has control of even the wind, the waters, everything that he's created is under his command. And so here he is commanding that the angels hold back all the wind from every direction, right? And so there's to be no wind blowing on the earth or on the sea or on any tree. Now we know that, you know, if, if there's a lot of wind, we don't want a hurricane, you know, we don't want even a tornado, you know, we don't want those high winds that rip off roofs and tear down houses and throw them, you know, scattered everywhere into somebody's neighbor's yard, nor do we want um, a fire, because we know if there's a, if there's a, a massive fire and the wind comes, it only enhances it, it only burns it hotter. And so, you know, regardless of what these judgments that we're going to be seeing coming to the earth right here in this in this interlude, God is saying, angels, no wind. No wind's going to blow from the north, the south, the east or the west, not on any tree. So I don't know how you would maybe if you visualize that, that there would be like, you know, when there is no air, wind, you don't feel anything, everything is still, it, it's, it's a different feeling, right? But let's go to verse 2. I saw another angel ascending from the rising of the sun, having the seal of the living God. And he cried out with a loud voice to the four angels to whom it was granted to harm the earth and the sea, the four angels, Remember, I told you in verse one, right, at the four corners of the earth, being told to hold things back. And so he cried out with a loud voice to the four angels to whom it was granted to harm the earth and the sea, saying, verse three, do not harm the earth or the sea or the trees until we have sealed the bond servants of our God on their foreheads. Now, this is pretty powerful because... God is saying, look, I don't want any harm to come down to earth. I still have people on the earth right now who believe in me. Uh, I, I'm going to take a little liberty here, but to say there are those who weren't saved before the tribulation and are being saved in the tribulation. And that before any harm comes or anything that, that they die, that he said we have to seal them of our God on their foreheads and you know and, and then God knows they belong to him right and so you know I I want you to know that in second Thessalonians chapter 2 verses 1 through 10 and I'm not reading all of that but write it down second Thessalonians chapter 2 look at verses 1 through 10 
but it but he you know Paul's writing this and he said in part in him you also after listening to the message of the truth the gospel of your salvation having also believed you were sealed in him with the holy spirit of promise now i want you to know that according to what i think paul is saying that those of us on the earth before the tribulation down through the ages those i mean as far as you know those who knew jesus christ and was able to come to him at that time but they when when we received christ when we asked forgiveness of our sins when we you know asked jesus to come in and to be our lord and our savior and we were saved i want you to know you were sealed by the promise by the precious holy spirit of promise and so you know it, if people who believe in pre-tribulation that we're going to be caught up with christ in the air the dead in christ will rise first though those we who are alive and are believers and are saved and are sealed by the Holy Spirit of promise. We get to go to be with him. And, and how is that? Because he knows we belong to him. How? Because we've been sealed. And so here we have in this chapter seven, where God is saying, hold off, wait, you know, I don't want you to harm the earth because there's still people that are believing in me and coming to me. Now, you know what? Maybe it's because if we have been taken up, the church has been taken up, and, and, you know, there's been this great rapture of souls and graves have been opened up and people have gone to be with the Lord forever. You would think anyone that's alive at that time, you would think they would pay, pay attention like, whoa, this is way, like, this is way beyond anything we, we can wrap our heads around other than the fact that grandma told us someday this would happen. You know, I remember mom and dad saying that someday this will happen. And so they begin to believe that, during this tribulation and what they're in, that that they need to come themselves to the saving grace of Jesus Christ. And so when they do come to Christ at that time during tribulation, that's why God is saying here, don't harm anything yet. We have to go and seal them. Now, that means so that God knows they are his, right? And uh, so we get to verse four, and it says, "I John is going, he's the one saying, I heard the number of those who were sealed, 144,000 sealed from every tribe of the sons of Israel. Now, the rest of this kind of just goes on and talks about this remnant of Israel. And 12,000 out of each of the 12 tribes, you know, were being sealed by God. Now, don't just say, oh, this is just for the Jews passing the way. No, hold on, because I'm not going to read all of that, and, and, and it will save us time. But I'm going to read to you the the uh, tribes, the 12 tribes. But you will know that the tribe that I mentioned, 12,000 out of that tribe were sealed. All right. For uh, for God. So the first one was from um, the tribe of Judah, the tribe of Reuben, the tribe of Gad, the tribe of Asher, the tribe of Naphtali, the tribe of Manasseh the tribe of Simeon, the tribe of Levi, the tribe of Issachar, the tribe of Zebulun, the tribe of Joseph, the tribe of Benjamin. Twelve tribes, 12,000 from each tribe were sealed. They were a special remnant of, of God's people from the tribes of, uh, of Israel. However, 
Now listen, hold on, because, you know, there were some who said, uh, and I know that a while back, uh, quite a while back, Jehovah Witnesses actually believed that there would only be 144,000 that get to go to heaven at all. And, and so the reason why they visited from door to door to witness is that their, that their relationship would be by works, that they would gain entrance to heaven to perhaps be a part of that special 144,000 by the works that they did by going around and visiting and knocking on doors and sharing. But that, I believe, even with the Jehovah Witness, they no longer believe that or teach that. To my knowledge, you might correct me. But there, I can guarantee you there's no scholar um, who's going to tell you that only 144,000 get to heaven. Because I would be, hopefully, by this time and Jesus has been gone in 2,000 years, there's been more than that, right? And so this is where we hear in, in, in verse 9. After these things, I looked and behold a great multitude, which no one could count. Okay, so this goes beyond the 144,000. Um, from every nation and all tribes and people and tongues, standing before the throne and before the Lamb, speaking of Jesus, clothed in white robes and palm branches were in their hands. And they cry out with a loud voice saying, Salvation to our God who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. And all the angels are standing around the throne and around the elders and the four living creatures. And they fell on their faces before the throne and they worshiped God saying, Amen, blessing and glory and wisdom and thanksgiving and honor and power and might be to our God forever and ever. Amen. Verse 13, And one of the elders answered, saying to me, to John, These who are clothed in the white robes, who are they? And from where have they come? And John replies, I said to him, My Lord. Now this isn't speaking of Jesus. Remember in the Bible, it's a, it's a lowercase l for Lord. That is, not, that is not Christ. If it was Christ, it would be a capital L. But it's my Lord, you know. And he said to me, These are the ones who come out of the great tribulation, and they have washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. For this reason, they are before the throne of God, and they serve him day and night in his temple. And he who sits on the throne shall spread his tabernacle over them. They shall hunger no more neither thirst any more, neither shall the sun beat down on them, nor any heat. For the Lamb in the center of the throne shall be their shepherd and shall guide them to springs of the water of life, and God shall wipe every tear from their eyes. What a way for us to end our time today, my friends, that there are so many that are coming to Christ during the tribulation, and that he said, the, the lamb will put a tabernacle of protection over them and no more will they suffer. But when we get to next week, it's a different story. I'll see you then. This is Pastor Luann with Treasures of the Heart.